Welcome back to another episode of our wonderful 360-degree entertainment podcast in Mindsight. It's wonderful to have you back, guys. It's wonderful to have my co-host Yasin back. How has your week been? What do you want to share? What don't you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would tell us I everything. I want to share. <laughs> sure. Hey, man, thanks. Um, really happy to be back on our podcast um well it really sounds like it yeah Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i was just tired man because yesterday i was running around munich because currently i'm like visiting different flats and searching something for uh, the beginning of my studies in munich hopefully this coming october and yeah what can i say it was uh pretty interesting <laughs> some interesting <laughs> people yesterday um oh, no yeah. but uh, the first flat i went to was actually a flat you kind of uh in a way recommended me or kind of uh hit me up with and <laughs> yeah i just shared guy, an offer that i that i got <laughs> yeah and the guy was really really nice the flat was really really nice and yeah everything was great um looks pretty good so far i'm pretty positive i'm i'm gonna move in there i hope nice um other than that yeah these last few days have been full of kind of sending out the last few applications preparing all documents and all that stuff and also kind of preparing the stuff for when i'm not in germany because me and my family are gonna leave for vacation on the i think 13th of august and i have to prepare no more podcasts documents. what no no we can we can always record those but yeah i have to prepare kind of all the documents and make sure that you know everything's prepared and fine and taken care of yeah but other than that man uh what else i've been starting to read a new book actually called deep work um work. yeah yeah which is really really good so far i'm only at like i don't know page 70 something but it's it's really really good man i feel and like this episode will be about books a lot of books <laughs> what, what what's your like main what what's the main topic of the book well if you can summarize that of, already <laughs> sure as the title kind of suggests it's about deep work meaning to focus more on having long uninterrupted time of really deep focused work rather than Mm -hmm. uh, splitting your attention and doing multiple things at once and kind of uh, trying to keep up with five different projects in I don't know in a very short amount of time or whatever Mm -hmm. and it kind of talks about the science behind the fact that actually taking for example three hours in the morning and just focus on one singular task um yeah. is way more efficient produces more value and makes the product better in the end and overall you spend much less time actually working and produce way more valuable things and yeah as i said i'm not through with it but that's kind of the main idea Who, uh, who's the author of the book uh wait let me actually look it up <laughs> <laughs> And while he's away, I can talk badly about him. Oh, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Cal Newport. I think okay. he wrote okay. Never quite heard a few books. On but tell me or tell us stuff. in a later episode whether you would recommend it overall. Yeah. Read it. Uh, I'm sure I will. 
All right, nice. that has been kind of my week so far. <laughs> what about you, man? Yeah, let's start with let's start with the easily understandable stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, yesterday I also traveled through Munich and around Munich, did a nice bike trip, and in the evening I got my second COVID vaccine shot, and in two Very weeks nice. I'm 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 cured or whatever, however you call it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully vaccinated and really looking forward to that day. Like, man, it's been a long time. Yeah. Like one and a half years. Even though, yeah, um, don't, all the people out there don't think that I will become stupid and don't wear my mask anymore in public transport or whatever. <laughs> Obviously, I will stu- still do that, but it's like still such a huge relief that, yeah, you can, you can do a lot of things again without... Yeah needing to test yourself before and sure yeah you're gonna run run around munich and public transport screaming i'm cured i'm cured people <laughs> <laughs> yesterday i still had covid but today i'm feeling fine <laughs> <laughs> right i think oh, I, I really think some people believe that the vaccine works that way you know that you yeah, uh, yeah. you take your shots and suddenly uh, you're never gonna get COVID you're again or whatever yeah yeah oh, Science, actually that's guys. just a high percentage that you won't get it when you get like exactly infected, i think right yeah and you can still get it but the vaccine mainly serves the purpose of not making you die of it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly especially for uh, the elderly i mean the risk of dying from COVID after two vaccine shots is significantly lower. Yeah, but I guess mutations yeah. and shit will come around and it will be. Yeah, who knows? It will be we'll the same see. again in in the winter and stuff. But yeah, let's don't make uh, let's not make this a COVID podcast, please. That's yeah. everyone heard enough about it. Um, I just wanted to share that I'm happy about it. <laughs> um, other than that, we kind of also had the segment of sharing nice thoughts and stuff we came across during our week. And I actually have two things I wanted to share. First one is uh, kind of short and it's, I don't know, it seems very obvious once you hear it, but it kind of opened my my eyes a bit again um, on what good work looks like um, and how, on what, yeah effective work looks like um i i listened to an episode of the podcast <laughs> by the way a really funny name um the art of manliness <laughs> it sounds like a misogynistic uh oh man shit podcast <clears throat> but no it's yeah. actually it's actually quite enjoyable also for non-male uh, listeners i suppose <laughs> not every episode obviously but yeah <laughs> um and it was called how to make your life more effortless and the the host i don't know how he's called again um man, can i pull it up somewhere well i don't know how the host is called um he interviewed an author um of, of yeah like a book where he kind of uh describes uh the art of effortlessness. Um, I think the book is called Essentialism. And uh, I'm reading a bit out of the podcast description right now what the book is trying to tackle or the offer he talked about uh, with about it um, kind of tries to say. Um, 
When we're failing to do the things that are most important in our lives, the typical diagnosis of the problem is to believe we're simply not working hard enough. And the typical solution to the problem is to put in more effort, apply more discipline and grind it out. So the, the right. usual problem is, okay, man, life's not going good. Um, something's wrong here. <laughs> I'm simply not working hard enough. I need, to, I need to grind it out more. I need to put in more, more of my time. I need to take over more responsibility and stuff. Yeah. And the, the author like Greg McKeown, <laughs> man, those English names, um, he, he says like, okay, no, no, that's actually the wrong approach, man. Um, if things are not working out, it's not because you, you, you're not working hard enough. That's actually a misconception. Like working 20 hours a day is not good for you. <laughs> you should yeah. aim at making life more effortless. Yeah. Yeah. More effortless. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And, and focus on what, what matters most and chill a bit more. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> It, it sounds really obvious to me, but especially like during my exam phase, I'm currently in my exam phase, I've, I thought to myself, yeah, okay, let's uh, go through all these exams, let's calculate them, uh, let, let's evaluate them during uh, like in exam conditions and go through every single task, only then I will be prepared and like listening to the podcast made me think about it. Man, actually not every, every um, exercise there is is very valuable some of them i'm already very good in man i should just focus on on the difficult ones and yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah kind of open my eyes a bit more even though it's not that yeah insightful <laughs> when you first hear it i suppose listen to the podcast episode it's very nice though sure um i think we can link that in the description right only need to think about it i hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll try um by the way the exam i had it yesterday as well and it was well <laughs> i don't know <laughs> wasn't the best one but hmm? we'll see no, sometimes no, we will see. sometimes we feel like the exams went w way worse than they actually did yeah. um but well just we'll see I, I think i will have passed it but yeah i'm yeah, sure you will ahead. have passed it <laughs> i'm pretty sure but May, let's go back for a sec to the part with the effort to make your life yeah. more effortless. How how do you think, let, let's say, let's not talk about exams. Let's say, let's say you're trying to work out regularly and, you know, you realize, okay, I've been slacking off these last few weeks and I, for some reason, I my discipline is shit and I can't keep the kind of working out streak or whatever. Yeah. How, the first step, how do, you the, think, yeah. <laughs> how do you think you can make that more effortless? Exactly. What yeah. would be a solution? The author, first of all, suggests to kind of sit down and think about it. What would make that more effortless for me? <laughs> um, and he tell, has like told various stories where people have been struggling with a problem for 10 years. That was very hard. And he just made them sit down. And like think about it for 10 minutes and they came up with a solution that <laughs> that changed that problem of 10 years um in yeah. your specific example right now it's like the typical thing of setting actually strict goals instead of telling yourself okay i want to lose weight 
you gotta tell yourself, okay, I want to lose um, 10 pounds by the end of uh, the next two months or so. So make it very right. clear what you want to do and um, monitor what you want to do. <laughs> um, because that will... Um, he also talked about like the emotions and feelings that come into play when it comes to work and hard work. Um, and that one, you uh, by by monitoring what you eat, for example, your calories, you can't you can't become disappointed because you will see, okay, um, I'm not losing weight because I'm eating too much, um, even though it feels like I'm applying myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like the usual issue. Okay, you're not monitoring what you're eating and you want to lose weight, but it doesn't work out somehow because spread over all day long um you're eating various things and you don't even remember them but by monitoring yeah. it you can't cheat yourself and yeah to summarize it like the author's maxim like his overall statement is um make things 10 times more effortless and get 10 times the output <laughs> right <laughs> well it's, it's interesting i'm i'm not sure um obviously not criticizing the the author or anything i'm i'm just not sure if the phrase to make things more effortless is the most fitting in this case because mm -hmm. to me it feels like you're you are applying the same effort you're just applying it to the areas that actually matter and it will actually drive you forward instead of you know focusing so much on working out every single day but with no plan and no strict dieting it's not going to work or it, it's going to take you a lot more years to kind of get to where you want to be. And I think mm -hmm. when working out, for example, as you said, you track your calories, you plan your diet and you have a you know, workout regimen and all that. It's not necessarily less effort. It's just ref effort put in the right place. And once you've put it there, then you can but, kind of um, go on and act on it. I I see where you're getting from, but I think you can also have like psychological effort <laughs> in that sense. Not only time-wise, like you are probably referring to, like where do I put my time into? Because that will m probably be the same. But also psychologically, you have like this, if you can put it that way, this um, certain reservoir of um, conviction of doing things <laughs> and if you deplete it um, at the end of the day you can't convince yourself to do anything else because you're right. like more or less burned out and if you can reduce that psychological effort of starting out with i don't know your workout or anything then i think that also counts as making things mm. um more effortless less effortful <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, yeah, I was actually referring to the psychological more because I think if you invest time and okay. energy or let's say psychological mental energy into building up a workout plan and a dieting plan and all that and tracking your calories, that's probably just as much effort as trying to go to the gym every single day, but not having mm -hmm. like a clear vision what you actually have to do to get where you want to be. And if I think... When it comes to psychological effort even it's almost the same but you know that you've actually put the effort in that will actually drive you forward and you're not just uh, kind of wasting your effort on things that won't actually make you achieve your yeah. goals you know what i'm kind of trying to refer to i think so yes 
But there, there are also other examples. You know, we previously also talked about Japanese work culture. And you seem like a very good worker if you stay like at work all day, even though you accomplish nothing. I mean, they've, yeah. those people, they, they really are into um, workers sleeping at the workplace because, yeah, man, that seems like, man, this person has been applying um, him or herself very, very hard to the goal of the company. And now they're so, yeah. so exhausted that they sleep at the workplace. Like, man, that's... <laughs> That's probably not achieving anything. Um, just staying at work long, and I think also like in consulting and, and stuff, it's also it's also mainly the same way. Without the sleeping part, of course, but you you sure. you're worth less if you go home early. <laughs> right. Um, it's and, actually and there. I think it applies very much. Like, man. Just search for the easiest solution and not for the most complex that will certainly like um, impress your client. <laughs> but uh, you put in, I don't know, two years, whereas it could have also been a week <laughs> in the right. project to give him an easy solution. If you get it, I don't know. <laughs> sure. It's actually interesting because in the book Deep Work that I'm currently reading, there's a little sub-chapter. Uh, which was mm -hmm. called, I think, uh, busyness has become the approximation for productivity or something like that. Yes. And yes. where he talks exactly about that, that exactly as you said, like in big consulting companies and all that, that kind of the workers are actively encouraged to stay long hours and to uh, appear as busy as possible in public, you know, mm. running around and being stressed all the time because that's the only way you... <laughs> Typical business when like you imagine. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the only way people can kind of feel that you're actually being productive, which is, of course, bullshit because probably the things that one does running around and being stressed all the time could actually be done in like a four-hour session of just focused deep work, as he suggests in the book. Yeah. And with the exact same or even probably even better results because you're not jumping all over the place and checking emails while talking to clients while talking to your colleagues and mm -hmm. jumping around and uh, switching offices or whatever and yeah i think it has kind of become a problem in our society that it's for many people even many big companies it's more important to appear busy than to actually provide yeah. results fast you know, or you know, not may, maybe not necessarily fast, but just good results in the amount of time that's actually needed to produce them, and not in like uh, ten times the time. But <laughs> who knows? Maybe it's gonna change. Maybe more people are gonna read deep work and are gonna realize, wait, I'm actually being unproductive <laughs> at work. I'm not yeah, actually doing yeah. anything. Just checking emails. I, I don't want to end up there, man. I don't want to end. Up no, there. me neither. <laughs> I want to do no. something meaningful. But well, uh, a quick analogy to the thing you said with uh, measuring productivity. Um, I stumbled upon a funny chart. Um, I don't know, probably on Instagram or something. And it said like, okay, how does the world measure um, measure the the how is it called happiness? Or what, what's the synonym for happiness, man? The content of like their their citizens, like right. the different countries all over the world. And then you had a chart where basically everything, with the exception of two countries, was colored the same um, color. And those basically all with all countries in the world, with the exception of two countries, are measuring their 
citizens um, content with the system and whatever in monetary terms like okay what's the gdp or <laughs> okay <laughs> something and then there was uh, nepal i think um, which measured it with actual happiness <laughs> and then there was some other african country which i sadly don't know the name of with which measured it like unofficially with the number of cows <laughs> that a citizen <laughs> that's amazing could afford yeah yeah and it's, i think it's basically the same if you transfer that to um to to do uh, productivity that everything everybody assumes to measure actual happiness with or actual productivity in that sense um only only with the amount of time you put into something like with your yeah. work hours and not with the actual happiness like nepal is doing or cows whatever <laughs> <laughs> if cows yeah, work sure. for you then measure your productivity <laughs> in cows <laughs> oh god yeah yeah but it's very true actually also just quickly a concept in deep work so far is called i think it was the metric black hole which basically means that metric many things sounds yeah. like something physical yeah <laughs> Uh, which kind of states that many things, including oftentimes productivity of individuals, is very, very hard to actually measure and to uh, find out mm. how productive they're compared to the bottom line and all that. And that is... Yeah, man, it's like, you know, um, this semester I did like in consulting an impact measurement project and it's basically the same. Like you need to find some indicators which are not accru accurately representing everything, and it's just a huge mess. Yeah, <laughs> it it can't be. <laughs> it can. It is very difficult. Yes, I can. I can uh, sign that one. That statement. Exactly, and he says that's part of the reason why even big companies today, um, even companies like Google and Facebook, still do stuff that is so. It's just so wrong. It just destroys the productivity of the workers mm -hmm. just because they can't accurately measure whether their workers are actually getting more productive or less productive. For example, I think the CEO of some tech company in Silicon Valley, I don't remember the name, did like a study on all of his employees. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> on all of his employees, kind of trying to find out how much time they're spending uh kind of responding and reading emails and mm -hmm. he found out that they in like a 40-hour work week they spend like i think it was like almost 20 hours of that or 15 hours of that is just responding to emails and forwarding them and all that what the fuck and man yeah okay i get where this is coming from because when i have to answer an email it also takes me ages because i don't want to be rude to the professor <laughs> and I, I write like the most artistic poetic german i can <laughs> and everything i get back is like okay dude okay. let's do it like that yes bye <laughs> <laughs> right and he actually found out that the fact that workers are checking their emails so much costs the company like a million per year mm. and you know, all that crazy stuff. And there were many more studies done and many more professors and kind of CEOs did that and found out that many things we do are actually so incredibly unproductive and these to kind of scattered focus that people can actually produce valuable work because they're just all over the place, focus-wise. And there was actually 
I don't know if she's still CEO, but at some point there was a female CEO of IBM. And when mm-hmm. the workers of IBM were kind of working remotely and from home and all that, she got kind of angry at her workers because they weren't logging into the email service as much as she would like them to. So she actually punished the workers that were not logging into email enough. So based not reading or responding oh, yeah. to enough emails. <laughs> and that's why she banned remote work for them. Or I think for all workers, actually. And I think, uh, I don't know if, it's, if she's still CEO, but I think at IBM, it's not possible to actually work from home because they're afraid you're not being productive if you're not logging into email as oh, much. Oh, it hurts so much, man. It hurts so it's, much just yeah. hearing it, like... It's just stupid. What the fuck? She, what what do you expect? Like the happiness <laughs> of all your employees will like drop down to hell. <laughs> it's, like, right. it's like come on, you you are ruining productivity. Like oh. she actually Man, said one study or something. She should have read one study about the thing you talked about. You know the interesting thing is she actually said in an interview that if she doesn't see her employees being productive or being busy you know by logging into the email server whatever she considers them not productive so that's her measure for productivity being locked into the email servers (laughs) oof (laughs) yep yep i think i i changed to some other workplace then (laughs) it's like oh come on man come on man that's ah (laughs) it hurts so much yeah it hurts so much it's frustrating yeah yeah um I, I think yeah there might be other reasons that could have led her there but man it's from the story it's just it's just a bummer man <laughs> well right yeah before we get to the other thing i wanted to also <laughs> get into man so many books today um you mentioned like uh, Silicon Valley CEOs and I had to think ab- uh, about like the the first um, commercial space, fly- space flights that have been going on recently. Right. Yeah. That that's what do you think man that's I, I yeah. <laughs> go first, go first. <laughs> well, what do I think? I think okay, for one it's it's just really fascinating interesting for the one part like this this kind of nerdy side of me who's like oh shit this is so great. This is so cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, you know, it opens up a lot of possibilities for the future. And I think it's kind of a good way to ease people into the idea of spaceflight, because I think for the vast majority of people, it's kind of this very weird and strange and elite thing, you know, Mm. traveling through space or whatever. And (laughs) it kind of, I think it kind of eases. Got to train for 10 years, becoming an astronaut. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but other than that, I, I really don't know other, other than kind of easing the population into the idea of space flight. I don't really understand what the point behind that is, except maybe a very Man, well put like, together PR campaign, you know, and yeah, that, yeah, that for certain, good. that for certain, you know? I suppose, but it's like. It would be a cool experience to just fly to the edge of space and see Earth. Sure. Disprove all the flat Earthers. And <laughs> <laughs> even then, even then, they would say, oh, no, it's just a hologram produced by mm. the NASA. Yeah, you can punch through the window. Then you can see whether it's... 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's it's very cool. Um, only disadvantage, uh, as you said, or like there there are not that many advantages uh, apart from the person who does the space life. I think there were two already. The first one I don't remember. The second one was Jeff Bezos with his Blue Origin rocket, right? Yeah. Um, man. Yeah, the, the, I think the bigger disadvantage is like, okay, we have an other, we, we will have an additional thing that uh, pollutes the atmosphere in our environment. We already have like cruise ships, which are so harmful, man. Um, yeah. And space flights are, if, if that becomes like a very, very commercial thing, then yeah. Um, though I have to add like, okay, Blue Origin, like uh, Jeff Bezos's rocket. Um, it works with burning hydrogen and oxygen like together and um, yeah it, it doesn't add that many additional like co2 uh, or greenhouse gases that's what it's called especially yeah. if you like split up water with green electricity then it should be okay but every other fuel is like very harmful man <laughs> sure yeah well i think it's it it's going to take quite a few years, I think, before it becomes like mainstream. To no, just it just takes a, a few millions, and... you know. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> weren't the I think weren't the like seeds sold for like two hundred k each or even more probably? What? Yeah. Well, if it's that cheap, then you only gotta yeah. work for a few years and then you can go to space. <laughs> <laughs> Save Under up all your money. Don't spend it on... I, I, I'm looking forward to Ali Abdal going to space. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure he could afford it. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure he, yeah. he would be fine. All right. Um, then the other thing, before we get into the final topic of this episode, man, <laughs> the episode will already be over. Mm. But who cares? Um, I've been reading also an interesting chapter of um, another book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, man, who wrote that again, actually? Uh, let me see. I think Stephen, see. Um, Stephen Stephen R. Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. yeah. And he, in, in this chapter, he talked about empathetic listening. And I will read you a bit from, from the chapter now. <laughs> right. So Story sit time. back, relax, fasten your seatbelt and grab a cup of tea <laughs> because I will read to you now. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Um, it starts out with a story and from there on he builds on to explain what empathetic listening is all about and why it's important. And I found it a very, yeah, enlightening idea again. Um, right. Okay. A father once told me, I can't understand my kid. He just won't listen to me at all. Let me restate what you just said, I replied. You don't understand your son because he won't listen to you? That's right, he replied. Let me try again, I said. You don't understand your son because he won't listen to you? <laughs> That's what I said, he impatiently replied. I thought that to understand another person, you needed to listen to him, I suggested. Oh, he said. There was a long pause. Oh, he said again as the light began to dawn. Oh, yeah, but I do understand him. I know what he's going through. I went through the same thing myself. I guess what I don't understand is why he won't listen to me. 
This man didn't have the vaguest idea of what was really going on inside his boy's head. He looked into his own head and thought he saw the world, including his boy. Yeah, that's the story. And now he goes on to explain. Um, that's the case with so many of us. We're filled with our own rightness, our own autobiography. We want to be understood. Our, conversion, our conversations become uh, collective monologues. And we never really understand what's going on inside another human being. When another person speaks, we're usually listening at one of four levels. Okay, here the important part now. Um, we may be ignoring another person, not really listening at all. We may practice pretending. Yeah, uh-huh, right? <laughs> we may practice selective listening, hearing only certain parts of the conversation. We often do this when we're listening to the constant chatter of a preschool child. So true, by the way. <laughs> or we may even practice attentive listening, paying attention and focusing energy on the words that are being said. But very few of us ever practice the fifth level, the highest form of listening, empathetic listening. When I say empathetic listening, I'm not referring to the techniques of active listening or reflective listening, which basically involve mimicking what another person says. That kind of listening is skill-based truncated from character and relationships and often so those who listen to in who are listened to in such a way it is also essentially autobiographical if you practice those techniques you may not project your autobiography in the actual interaction but your motive in listening is autobiographical you listen with reflective skills but you listen with intent to reply to control to manipulate when i say empathetic listening i mean listening with the intent to understand i mean seeking first to understand, to really understand. It's an entirely different paradigm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> mm. Long monologue now. But that's that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I actually relate it fits to... so good for the discussion thing we we talked about in last episode. And I wanted to bring sure. it up again. It actually the the story in the beginning really reminds me of my little brother and I <laughs> because we have we have those those kind of situations where I think you know I I know it all I know what he's going through you know I've I've been through that I can read his mind mm. but and then I'm sometimes very quick to kind of uh how do I put this to kind of discredit maybe what he's trying to say because I think I already yeah. know what he's he's going to say um, yeah, so it's definitely a thing I've noticed in myself as well. Um, yeah, and the part with the empathetic listening, man, it, it takes a lot of energy. Like, especially yeah. if it's something that you personally maybe don't really care about. It's a story. Sorry, what did you just you. say? <laughs> 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 nice one. But... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's if it's something that you personally may not be caring that much about or you've already heard a million times and it's very hard yeah, to yeah. kind of summon up the energy to be attentive and to listen and to understand but yeah yeah it's a skill yeah, to, to, master, to actually just like any other skill to to actually seek like knowledge and understanding from a conversation like also, that that I noticed during uh, when we're reading this uh, chapter is that in discussions I practice the um, fourth kind of listening much more, like the attentive listening, like paying attention and focusing energy on the words that are being said. Um, 
I, I try to do that, um, but I I, I all already also have like the next argument in mind that I want to bring out and blah blah, and I don't really focus too much on what the other person actually really really wants to. Yeah, yeah, get over to me. I just focus on, man. I don't want to. I don't want to um, fail this discussion here. Right. <laughs> I need to get come get a get up with a good argument, and I think I should should focus more on the fifth level there. Yeah, to kind of jointly get to a solution. <laughs> yeah. What's discuss sure. what discussion is all about? But yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's all right. That's it with the introduction <laughs> to this episode. We're already we're 40 already... minutes in. Oh, God. Man, yeah, those were a lot of nice thoughts I wanted to share. I hope they were enlightening to some of you out there as well. For sure. Yeah, other than that, right. now let's get into the real thing. <laughs> I don't know, we can make it Hallelujah. a longer episode as well. We wanted to talk sure. about the, I don't know, is it the fourth or the fifth book already <laughs> that we're mentioning this episode? We wanted to talk about Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Again, very manipulative title, it suggests. Um, although it's mainly mainly very diff different and it has been written like a hundred years ago, so titles have been different back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, more catchy in that sense. And um, we already started last episode with going through one of the rules that um, Dale Carnegie states and yeah I think I think we just wanted to continue a bit more right right because in the book in the, yeah in the book there are a lot of valuable kind of new thought patterns when it comes to how you interact yeah. with people and the way you even you know the way you criticize them the way you give them praise you know the way you um, even if you get offended, you know, the way you deal with those situations. Um, it's very worth a read. So if you want, like, all the context and all the stories he put in there, it's best to just read the book as a whole. But yeah. nevertheless, we can talk about some key ideas. <laughs> also, by the way, don't take every every idea for, for granted. Some of them are, I think, quite outdated and don't fit that much anymore. Um some are even actually manipulative, <laughs> but but yeah. Um, in I don't know, Yasin. I I don't know whether you can see the link in Notion. Um, yeah, yeah. I've already you can also uh, feel free to also suggest like a one of the one of his rules that we want to discuss about. Sure, let's look at. It. Although We're, it would be interesting to see what what. <laughs> okay. What one What's of a controversial the one? Do you think, yeah, do you think it's a little bit controversial or manipulative? Okay, man. Or yeah, yeah. Let's practice. Let's practice <coughs> our empathetic listening and discuss this out, man. <laughs> sure. Um, or it was empathic, empathic, or whatever. I don't know. Um, let me see. Come genuine interest. Um. Give me one second. You can entertain the listeners. <laughs> oh, God. We're in the spotlight right now. <clears throat> yeah. Well, while Elias is searching for a manipulative tip or outdated Ooh, I tip, have an idea what you can I do. I think you're... You... Okay, what can I do? 
You Don't can motivate all of our no, sports no, people and I've our window cleaner. I, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. That's your job, man. It's my job. <laughs> Then, yeah. yeah, I can do that and you select one, right? <laughs> no, no, no. You're selecting. Well, um, okay. While Elias talking, I can talk a little, a little bit about the Carnegie, maybe. At least the things I remember yes. from his life. Well, the Carnegie, as far as I remember, actually grew up pretty poor. I think he was he had very poor parents, and from a young age he had to work like crazy, like it was kind of normal back in the day, but still. And through kind of a lot of hardships and a lot of, you know, turning points in his life, he basically grew to be one of the most respected businessmen slash life coaches slash authors of his time and still today his books are read by millions of people i think he he wrote quite a few books actually i think three yeah yeah he wrote he wrote um, a lot of them i by the way found the principle um already and um to add to that um he kind of uh, i think i know a bit more about his life story He, he was growing out somewhere in America, like not in the populated regions, um, Midwest or something you call it, whatever. And he has to, had to go to school like with um, a few kilometers every day. Right. And someday he joined like the school's um, discussion club or something, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And from there on, he began like, okay, practicing on his uh, on his way to school and home, like discussions and how you can uh, yeah, and arguments and, and like talks and whatever and he became very good at that and he started out as a salesman i think then which he was rather successful with i suppose but uh, what he became really successful is uh, his with is his like dale carnegie foundation or it's called where he w began like teaching about um Yeah, effective presentations and all the mm. other books and stuff. And it's still, I think it's still around today, that, that whole uh, organization. And it's still offering courses and, yeah, basically yeah, everything that, that that goes around talking <laughs> yeah. effectively. Yeah. All right. He, he's like the man the of TED one. Talks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, um, principle five from which section it was? It was uh, how to win people to your way of thinking, which is already very manipulative. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And it's principle five, which is called get the other person saying yes, yes, immediately. I, I'll read it right. from a blog post from our dear friend, Dan Sylvester, <laughs> which I don't know, but um, I suppose it's, it's okay reading it from there. Check him out. I think we can also put him in the description. Um, sure. When talking with someone, begin by emphasizing and keep on emphasizing the things on which you agree. Keep emphasizing, if possible, that you are both striving for the same end and that your only difference is one of method and not of purpose. Get the other person saying yes, yes at the outset. Keep them from saying no. A no response is the most difficult handicap to overcome. All your pride of personality demands that you remain consistent with yourself. Once having said a thing, you feel you must stick to it. The skillful speaker gets, at the outset, a number of yes responses. 
This sets the psychological process of the, listener, of the listeners moving in the affirmative direction. When tempted to tell someone he is wrong, ask a gentle question. Ask a question that will get the yes, yes response. <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, and I mean, sure, you could argue that probably every single rule is low-key, manipulative or whatever. But why that one every specifically? Group, what hmm? That one specifically? What kind why of, that one specifically? Yeah, why kind of does it because strike it's, you Because it's so, like, openly manipulative. Like, okay, you want <laughs> okay. to win them from... You went, want to win the other person to your way of thinking. Okay, let's manipulate them to saying yes and become affirmative with us. It's like the salesperson talk, you know? They don't right. really... It seems like the other person is not really interested at um, giving me the best possible offer. They're just interested in making another sale to me. And it seems a bit like that. Like, okay, let's, let's cho choose our words wisely and uh, <laughs> get them to only agree with me because then it will be more difficult to disagree with me. And they can right. only say yes in the end. I, I think that's very <laughs> manipulative. It's very true what he's saying there. Um, if you are in a sales talk or whatever, then that's a very good strategy, obviously, but it's not the yeah most um how how do you say like moral thing to do mm -hmm. i suppose right. i mean if if there are moral principles um behind applying that technique, then it becomes debatable again, okay then I don't know if you if you want to keep Donald Trump from uh, <laughs> from starting the first uh, world war with uh, nuking, I don't know, um, North Korea, then apply that strategy, please, okay? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, I agree partly, but I think it's also important, as you said... That I means you to... disagree partly also. <clears throat> I, yeah, I disagree partly also, <laughs> I think it's... Uh, very important with that particular rule to look at the exact context because <clears throat> yeah obviously, if you're kind obviously. Of living living your life that way and always try to manipulate people to just do whatever you want them to do then sure not so nice but <clears throat> let's say for example let's say you're in a discussion with the landlord and you want to have the apartment or whatever you know <laughs> then and if you see the landlord is kind of a little bit defensive about the whole thing and all that, mm. um, then as as it said here in the sum in the summary at the beginning, then you have to try to keep emphasizing uh, on the things that you agree on, and you have to keep emphasizing the fact that you're actually trying to strive for the same goal, and that yeah. the only difference is method and not the one of purpose. So maybe mm. in the example of the landlord, let's say the landlord was someone who doesn't set the kitchen on fire and who doesn't have regular <laughs> parties every single night you know and you're just someone who wants to have a nice apartment and get along with the landlord and the neighbors so basically you're striving for the same goal but the landlord may be more defensive because he had uh, bad experiences in the past with people and then i Sure, it is manipulative by decision because he may not be that prone to actually giving you the apartment. But if you actually try to make it clear that, hey, look, we're both trying to achieve the same thing. I'm a good guy. Mm. You're a good guy. 
trying to get him to say yes, trying to get him to this affirmative position from which yes. then you can argue on a more, let's say, eye-to-eye level. And I think I, I always see that in TED Talks. In TED Talks, it's always in the beginning, it, there are like three or four questions to which everyone replies yes. Usually they're like <laughs> really obvious things like, do you shower at least once per week? Yes, you know, stupid stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but definitely. it gets the people into exactly that affirmative direction. And it works, TED you know. Scheme, yeah. Sorry, everyone can relate to. Ask a few um, questions about the story. <laughs> exactly. Everyone I mean, yeah, TED talks are that's very why I nice. said, yeah. yeah, that's why I said I partly yeah. agree. I understand it's it is kind of manipulative, but hmm. used for the right things, it may it may be okay. I don't have a problem with that personally. Yet, sure. <laughs> what? Okay, I can't <laughs> discuss with you anymore. <laughs> You only only ever try to make me cut the podcast episode. <laughs> right. Right. No, no I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Obviously, now you're taking over over a lot of it. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, adding to your thing, I suppose it's... That, uh, that second sentence in the description is very important. Like, keep emphasizing, if possible, that you are both striving for the same end. Uh, yeah, for the same end. And... That your only difference is one of method and not of purpose. Yeah. If, yeah, if you're, if you're, if you are convinced that the thing that you are trying to convince the other person of is actually something good for that person as well, and not only for you, then I think that technique becomes a moral one, or at least sure. not as immoral as it was before. <clears throat> um, Obviously, then it's debatable, okay, how can you determine whether the other person, whether it's something good for the other person. Um, but it will certainly, like, assuming that you you certainly know that it will help the other person. Like, I don't know, you want to convince your child of eating some vegetables as well. <laughs> I think that's that's something that's not as debatable. <laughs> um, right. Then it, then it becomes, then it becomes uh, okay to use it, I think. And if you make it, like, part of your personality like that so that you use that technique automatically without like thinking thinking about applying it in a situation then it's even better <laughs> right sure because then you can't have those shady side thoughts anymore yeah. exactly nice one nice one nice i'm actually looking down the list and try to choose yeah. another interesting rule let's see hmm Okay, man, that's, I, I have also another one that's very um, manipulative a bit. Sure, <laughs> go ahead. Um, principle seven of the same category, like how to win people for your way of thinking. Let the other person feel that the oh. idea is his or hers, man. Yes. People <laughs> have, oh, I, I started right away. Um, people have more faith in ideas that they discover for themselves than in ones handed to them. Right. Don't try to ram your opinions down the throats of other people. Instead, make suggestions and let other people think about the conclusion. No one likes to think that he or she is being sold something or told to do a thing. We much prefer to feel that we are buying our own accord or acting on our own ideas. We like to be consulted about our wishes, our wants, our thoughts. So basically yeah. what I think the 
the general idea of that chapter as far as I remember was like, okay, if you want to convince somebody of your idea, guide them throughout the process of coming up with the idea you already came up with and let them think that, okay, it's not your idea, it's been their idea yeah, while, exactly. while going through that uh, thinking process. Like. Man, that is... Kids, dude, kids do that all the time. All the time. I see it in my little brother. I see it in his friends. They do that all the time and they're experts at it. It's crazy. They are Like they so are applying good. this principle. Yes. They Man. are so okay, have... good at doing that. They actually, <laughs> And I think we all do that when we're children. You know, maybe yeah. you want to sleep over at a friend's house or whatever. And your mom's being a bit, you know, doesn't really want to let you sleep there mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, they're so good at exactly doing that. At kind of guiding their parents through their thought process and being like look there are no disadvantages there are only advantages yes uh, but I, I let you decide it's your decision you know uh. <laughs> 80 to 90 percent of the time it actually works and it works like yeah, a charm man. man and i think as we get older we kind of lose that ability for a little bit but if you know it, that it's very true always yeah i've i think i, I don't think i've i ever really do that I, I always try, but it's, not because it's I... It's very think difficult to actually do that because first of all, you need to come up with a sound idea. And second of yeah. all, you need to come up with kind of a process of guiding another person through that that will make exactly. them 90% come up also with that idea. That's, that's It's a hard thing to do, I think. For sure. Because it's like you have to know every step of the process. You have to be like, look, yeah, yeah. if you do A, it's going to lead to B, which is going to lead to it's C, like a, which is probably going like to lead to D. It's like a bank heist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, you, you open up all the options. And like, you're, these are the advantages. There are not many disadvantages here. But it's your decision. You know, I don't want to influence you. It's your decision. And then usually people, when they feel like they're in control, they make the decision that you've guided them to make. Which, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree, is very manipulative. But I think similar to the previous uh, rule, it really depends on how you're using it and uh, with what intentions. That's like, I don't know, how how was that called in the memes? That's like chaotic good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, something yeah, like yeah. What, What's your perspective? Do, do you do that? Yeah, I think... Do you despise it? I, I think it's even more critical than the last one, actually. Uh, wait, okay. Um, I think it's even more critical than the last one because there you are even more actively trying to deceive the other person and try to let them play your game and yeah. where you are the puppet master and like guiding them through the forest. That's, yeah. It seems it's I don't know it's just from from thinking about it it feels even worse than the last one. You also had a similar right. reaction when I when I brought it up. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What 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 makes us feel um, that way though? Well, I think it's exactly what what the principle actually talks about is that we feel we want to feel like we're in control in yeah, every second, yeah. and it. This rule kind of suggests that maybe we're not always in control of the decisions. Man, the lizard take, people, they are controlling us. Man. They are. <laughs> yeah, man. The lizard people, Mark Zuckerberg and co. 
But yeah, I think that's the problem. We feel like we are kind of being ripped from our independent decision-making process. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I'm not sure if you're actually able to make independent decisions because we're always influenced yeah. by something. But yeah. in the last sentence, uh, it says like, we like to be consulted about our wishes, our wants, our thoughts, like not manipulated. <laughs> into, into yeah. them. I think um, that's also something Carnegie talks about in another chapter, but how you could improve that whole principle is um, just taking over the idea of, okay, people want to come up with something themselves because then they will back it up and they will stand behind it. Um, I think an example he brought up was, okay, um, the company philosophy. You don't want management to decide what your company's philosophy is because uh, employees will have no connection to it. Like, man, okay, that's something that comes from above. They want to rule about us again. Um, what right. you actually are supposed to do is like, okay, let your employees have... Um, take part in, in the decision process there and let them come up with principles that they want to stand behind. Like, okay, we want to be orderly here at McDonald's and uh, our ice cream machine has to work tip-top every day, man. <laughs> and then they will back it up. <laughs> oh, God. Um, That's a yeah. utopia. <laughs> Does it ever yeah. work? <laughs> like, I have no idea, Does man. it ever work? I have no idea. I'm well, basically I'm not never going, going to, to McDonald's, McDonald's, but I yeah, only heard same. about it from memes. But <laughs> exactly, it's just a running joke. <laughs> is it a myth? Is it a legend? The legend. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> the ice you know, cream that, machine. That one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, okay. Well, nice let's one. actually see what else we have. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's not a controversial one. That's w just one that I've struggled with for a very long time, which is... Sure, let's go um, to the ground of it. Why do you struggle with that? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. L first, let I me read. Wanted to, I wanted to say what we want to be do. Patient. <laughs> be patient. Be patient. Uh, listen well, methodically. Right. <laughs> uh, it's under the section, Six Ways to Make People Like You. And it's the first, it's like it's the first rule which states become genuinely interested in other people. Oh yes, it's like <laughs> exactly what we talked about, right? With the <laughs> empathic listening, or no? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I've struggled. I I want to just read it. Let's read, read it. Let's read it. Yeah. So, if you only try to impress people and get them interested in you, you won't have many true friends. Real friends are not made that way. If you want to make friends, put yourself out to do things for other people, things that require time, energy, unselfishness, and thoughtfulness. And man, have I struggled with that. <laughs> because mm. honestly, for a pretty long time, I was like... By the way, it goes on still, the thing. Ah, wait, it goes on, right. We are yeah. interested in others when they're interested in us. A show yes. of interest, as with every, every other principle of human relations, must be sincere. It must pay off not only for the person showing the interest, but for the person receiving the attention. It's a two-way street. Both parties benefit. And yeah, that's, that has mm. been quite hard for me in the past. Because it's just been hard for me to make myself to genuinely be interested in what other people same, have to same. say. I'm so like, bad at, at that as well, I think. I think it, it has gotten actually 
quite a bit better than the like last like six months or so. But hmm. um, it has. But I think part of the in your IT internship when that, you were able to talk with your IT nerd. Yeah, friends. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, not with that, but I've actually talked to uh, a friend of mine about that, and I feel like I'm kind of. Uh, bec I'm kind of becoming more emotional, but in a good way, you know, more mm. emotional in the sense of more in touch with my kind of emotional side again, which mm -hmm. I've kind of suppressed for like four or five years or so. And mm -hmm. it's kind of <laughs> quite an interesting Deep. change to see. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. quite an interesting change to see. And I've noticed that I'm actually starting to genuinely care about other people, <laughs> to genuinely mm -hmm. be interested in what they have to say and what they have to add. Whereas before, I very much saw people, not everyone, but most people, just like an end to an, no, a, a means to an end, right? And oh, man. it was very hard for me to that really sounds, care about yeah. them, you know? That sounds very harsh when you first hear it. How, what, what did you do to change your mind or what happened? Or is there Honestly, anything specific <clears throat> or? Well, what really helped me was taking this gap here to be honest, being out of mm. the school system, academia, Ooh, all yeah. that, and just being focused on myself. And also... <laughs> being That's how you get better with others. Focus on yourself, yeah, on yourself first. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. But it's actually... Kind of, yeah. <clears throat> kind actually of getting, the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Kind of getting more vulnerable or being more comfortable with, with being vulnerable even in front of yes. people. Yes. Because that has also been something that I've always tried to uh, lock myself up and not show any signs of emotions or any signs of uh, whether I like something weakness or not. Exactly. Yeah. No, any signs of weakness, nothing of that. And I've I've known for quite a long time that it's not the best approach to life and to relationships and all that. Yeah. But only, you know, the last six months or so I've realized, okay, I've actually got to actively work on that and ever since i've done that it's been like like a domino effect it it was hard in the beginning but now it it's like second nature to me again because i feel like i very much i'm very much getting in touch with my emotions or with my emotional side the way i had it when i was like 12 or so you know it, 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 it's kind of coming back and i feel like I've, i'm kind of rediscovering myself uh however cheesy that sounds but yeah no, so nice, that's that's nice very it's very good. Yes, yeah, for sure. I, I I also discovered that like quite recently I had to afford like <laughs> during the exam phase. Man, um, if you don't have to be like like okay, let's start with let's start out with school. I have to sort my thoughts a bit. Thoughts, my thoughts a bit, man, dude. What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> okay, like in school, for me, it also was the way I had the feeling to be perfect all the time. Because right. there it was still, yeah, more or less possible to be perfect. <laughs> um, yeah. a, a lot of, uh, yeah, like in exams, okay, you can get the best grades and blah, blah. And also, like when, when I got out of school and stuff and now in university, um you're not the best anymore and once you realize that okay you can't be you can't be perfect here anymore then you allow yourself like the freedom of being imperfect more like i had a thought right. okay man i think 
I don't have to strive to be perfect like in physics or anything, right? No, I don't need a 1.0 or something because I will sacrifice so much. And once you do that, um, once you enter that state, you kind of allow yourself to become imperfect, to try out new things, just like you did with the emotional um, uh, connection to other people or to yourself. Um, and and you, you kind of become daring to, to try out new things. And that's actually where a lot of... Um, yeah, where where a lot of um, how how's it called like fame for uh, past people came from because um, I don't know the poet's name. Um, it was some kind of English poet at the beginning of nineteenth century. He realized just that. Okay, no, he won't be perfect, and he doesn't need to make every one of his poems perfect. But because of that, he can try out some new styles, and that way he became famous, like you know, twenty first century. Right. Now. <laughs> um, so. I feel like it's a big relief to just um, let go of that perfectionism in that sense. And first of all, do you have anything to add? <laughs> well, no, I, I find it very interesting that we've had kind of similar experiences. The same process, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Go ahead. I then the second thought <laughs> relates to the original um, principle again, like become genuinely, genuinely interested in other people. Um, the second sentence states like, okay, if you want to make friends, put yourself out to do things for other people, things that require time, energy and selfishness and thoughtfulness. And that's also something that uh, Stephen Covey talks about in uh, seven rules, seven, what's, what's it called? Seven rules for highly effective people or something. Seven habits. Uh, yeah. Seven habits. Exactly. Um, he introduced like that concept of an emotional bank account and yeah whenever you are doing some of these things like that require time energy unselfishness thoughtfulness like coming up with a cool present for your wife or go out uh, fishing with your child like the typical <laughs> dad move you know yeah. <laughs> right by doing those things you are um how is that called in english like when you put things on your on your bank account man okay you are kind of putting um emotional currency on your child's on, on like your emotional bank account uh, of your child yeah you're you're paying in there and whenever you do something shitty a uh, shitty um ceo move that uh, doesn't want uh, his employees to work from home or right. uh, requires them to do check their email more often then you're actually like okay um taking away that emotional currency from all of their bank accounts and yeah um he he kind of says okay we can only have good relationships with people if we um pay in at least a, a base amount of like emotional currency in in the other person's like uh, emotional bank account there for yeah. sure i think it's a very nice uh, principle to kind of illustrate what's what's going on there yeah. yeah for sure i think the part and i think i need to improve there as well still a bit <laughs> for sure me the same but i think what i've noticed is that part of the reason i think it's especially hard for guys to open up <laughs> and to be okay with being vulnerable in yeah. certain moments of yeah. course not all the time uh, but in certain moments with certain people um 
And I've noticed that, as you said, this need to try to be perfect and show no weakness and be kind of mm -hmm. the rock people can rely on. I very much felt like once I show emotions or once I'm vulnerable around the people I may try to protect or whatever, uh, they're going to think less of me. They're going to think I'm not yeah. as stable as I should be or whatever. But actually, it's the other way around. It's very interesting. And once you open up to people, yes, and you have they will also deeper, open up to you. Exactly. They will open up to you and suddenly you discover they're actually way different than you thought they were. Actually, mm. once you discover kind of their emotional universe, you discover, okay, I've been completely wrong about that person. They're very, way <laughs> different from what I've imagined them to be in my mind. They're not as superficial as I thought they would be. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> For example, <laughs> it's a very interesting, yeah, a very interesting change in my life currently. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Another thought I also came about, um, I think it was two weeks ago, is like, man, people are asking for help not often enough, man. They, they try to pull through with everything on their own. Yeah. And actually, people are so helpful when somebody asks them, I don't know, for, for the way or uh, for, I don't know, change <laughs> um right or just for okay can you can you take over that email for me or can you write that or whatever people are actually so helpful and and because of the need of then of having to be perfect in our society man they they're just not asking for help enough right they could make their life easier they could in in the same instant build a emotional connection to that other person And in the future, like they, they'd even have a reason to kind of give something back to them. I mean, that's probably the most, for many people, that's a, a very big reason not to ask other people for help. <laughs> like, okay, you are indebted to them and you yeah. have to sell your soul to them at the end of your life if you not have given <laughs> back anything. Right. I think that's actually a very wrong way of thinking about it. I think it's... Yeah, it sounds very cheesy, but it's a nice way of connecting with people there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to help yeah, out, out each other and make the world a better place. <laughs> happy, happy yeah. sunflower rainbow. <laughs> right. Well, do you actually remember just two days ago? Yeah, it was two days ago. I asked you for kind of your opinion on my CV and how oh, I yeah, could very nice. Turned that. out very nice, by the way. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you, man. And it honestly took me quite a bit of uh, overcoming that idea of, oh man, I'm, I can't believe I can't figure that out by myself. He's gonna think I'm too stupid to do my own CV or whatever. And you know <laughs> all that it kind of creeped up into my mind. <coughs> But then I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just, I'm just go gonna for ask it. for help. Yeah, I'm yeah. just gonna ask him. And you were very helpful. I'm very thankful for that. It turned out great. Uh, I'm quite happy. It was actually quite it. a smart and move from you because I had some training in doing CVs and stuff. In yeah. the school program I was in. So yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You see? So yeah, guys, if you're worried about what other people might think of you when you're asking for help or whatever, just just ask for help. Yeah, you just go for it. The worst thing they can do is say no and then you ask someone else. Exactly. Actually, I, I mean, also remember. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I actually remember when I was like, <laughs> when I was in Munich last, uh, what was it, Thursday, and I couldn't find some street, and I was there. There was a like, kind of rocker guy coming, like with a big beard and 
bald oh. and rocket jacket and like yeah. he looked really aggressive and but he was the only person around mm. and i just went up to him and asked for the way dude he was he was the nicest person i've met probably in like i don't know how many years he was so what? incredibly so he even cool. offered to go the way with me he had like a little dog uh he was taking out for a walk you know he was so <laughs> incredibly nice but <laughs> his cool. looks he his looks were so aggressive and i thought he's yeah, gonna punch yeah. me in the face if i ask him anything <laughs> but he was so, he was like a grandpa you know just so incredibly nice and yeah we just tend to you know judge a book by its cover but usually people are very nice very open to help and you know yeah man you can form don't don't do that be open and go out ask for help man it's it's cool that you also had similar experiences man it's kind of yeah yeah it's, it's nice feeling nice feeling <laughs> okay um we are quite far into the episode already i think we can end it here and go on in another episode with going through those principles um sure might actually be a cool idea to get hannah into that as well <laughs> yeah psychologically reviewing all of them <laughs> <laughs> sure. um do Shall you do still want to draw a question chin. Yeah, yeah same thought my exact <laughs> <laughs> my exact question yeah let's do that let me actually pull the questions up and see by the way where are you storing them in uh just my like cupboard uh, of my desk cupboard <clears throat> of your desk right. okay do you have yeah, what, what's the container that it's in is it something fancy no it's just oh man just a piece of paper <laughs> 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 nothing fancy just ah, something that works we need something oh cool yeah. that's that's an interesting one um if you could tell your younger self any one thing what would it be man we discussed that so often already i know for me it's just start out start out doing awesome stuff besides from school as well that's yeah that's what i do as i previously already said a lot of times but sure go ahead well for me (laughs) actually now that we yeah i don't know i think that now that we've had this discussion i would i think i would actually tell my younger self to be more okay with being vulnerable emotionally and to try to True that to people yes. on the emotional level, you know. And that being vulnerable does Doesn't not mean, mean you're that weak. you're weak. Yeah. It actually means that you're in a way courageous. Even to some stronger extent. than Yeah. Yeah. It some, it takes courage. It takes courage. I think especially for guys, we've kind of established the thought of we have to be hardest rock the rocker the guy with his chihuahua <laughs> walking down the street. <laughs> it, it actually was a chihuahua. It was yeah, it man. was like I I mean I think it was I I have no idea when it comes to ki- kind of dog breeds but I think it was a chihuahua. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably had also a handbag where you could put it into, right? <laughs> yeah, a pink one. Uh, oh man, <laughs> nice. But yeah, I think that's what I would tell myself: be okay with being vulnerable. Mm. It does not mean you're weak. It actually takes quite a bit of courage to be, and you're gonna relate to people in a much deeper way. Wow, deep. Deep, deep work yeah. <laughs> <laughs> read the book guys it's great cool. so cool. far at least yeah all right then also a weird question <laughs> sure okay okay 
Um, let me draw this one. Okay. What? Wait a second. Um, okay. How, how do you think people would react if the moon disappeared? <laughs> <laughs> I need to That's find amazing. better questions, man. <laughs> I need to find better questions. That's a great one. Well, well, I suppose all the sort of Instagram influencers would probably have a mental breakdown because they can't take any fancy pictures of the moon anymore. True. Um, <laughs> the scientists would kind of freak out because um, I think a lot of things on Earth would be kind of fucked up. Including yes, like, that's how's true. it called the tides and the yep. how's it called ebb and float in English tides, whatever yes, you tides. know exactly all of that no, would be either. kind of fucked up which would lead to a lot of repercussions in other parts of the ecosystem and all that so mm. from a science sciencey point of view it would be kind of terrible um, environmental actually <laughs> I exactly I think a lot other of people that, though yeah. would be happy because. They don't have problems sleeping at a full moon anymore. God. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, honestly, if you have, like, blinds on your windows, yes. there should be no reason why you couldn't sleep on, on like, full moon. Or is there any... Well, psychological like, placebo effect, I think. I mean, sure, the placebo effect, but... You can talk that, yourself into it. Exactly. Do you remember our math teacher in, like, eighth grade? Like, the short one? The short one, yeah. Do you remember her? Yes. Okay. She always came every full every night after the full moon. She came into the lesson was like, "Oh God, I'm so tired. I couldn't sleep because of the full moon." <laughs> every time, every oh, single yeah, month. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you can really tell yourself something that will make you actually go uh, feel bad. Like yeah. actually, in a physical yeah, sense, sure. your body will react to that, like yeah. placebo kind of thing. Man. I think there are also kind of instances where, especially older people, felt like they had terrible knee pain, you know, and they mm. absolutely needed to get surgery. And mm. the doctors knew that there was absolutely no problem with their knees; they were completely fine. But they nevertheless told them that they're going to have surgery now and they're going to go into surgery. And they put them under anesthesia and they pretended. Uh, <laughs> afterwards that they had actually done the surgery which wow. is of course not true and the patients feel better they feel oh yeah my knees are much better now thanks you doctor <laughs> but they didn't actually by the way the why, are, why are there no scars why don't i have to stay here in the hospital man <laughs> i think they don't they don't care they probably don't yeah. care no. okay interesting yeah <laughs> other than that i don't know it might be like oh no uh, aliens Man, aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah, or the flat earthers would be like, I knew it, the moon isn't real. <laughs> it's just a projection. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, right below that question, I see the, another question. <laughs> How do you think people would react if we suddenly had two moons? <laughs> oh my God. Well, it depends if the moons have the exact same cycles then honestly it would be kind of boring but if there were like two moons with different cycles all the time then people uh, would have bad sleep two times per month probably 
and yeah. Instagram influencers would be happy as hell. And I don't know what what kind of effects would it have on the environment. It would probably I mean, just be more extreme. I don't know. I mean, there might be some lineup events like where the moons are in the same, you know, lined okay, up sure. from Earth, and tides might be stronger there. Then um, the Suez Canal would have been unblocked quicker. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know that the ship that yeah. was stuck in there became freed by the tides. For all of you are there, you yeah. didn't know. Um, Star Wars fan community would be very happy. Um, sure. It would look pretty, yeah. I guess. I knew it. I knew it. They only project the moon and now there's a second one. <laughs> right. Flat it Earth confirmed. Cool. It would actually be cool if the moon was like... I mean, only for aesthetics, of course. But it would be cool yeah. if the moon was like really, really big. You know, I think that would look yes. really cool from the surface. But of course, I mean, uh, from a it's already more, very big. I don't know mm, whether you want yeah. to close it. No, I mean big as in maybe ten times its size, and it would look so cool on the on the night sky. I think you also Just don't want that. Okay, well, if the density mood. stays the same, then okay, and uh, not the same. Sure. It, if the density becomes lower, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Enough, enough weird talk about <laughs> moon sizes. Let's wrap up this episode. Um, what do we, 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 what, man, what do we want to take away from it? Um, oh man, a lot of things. Listen empathetically. Of, yeah. F um, try to manage one. your effort. Don't work for the sake of working. Um, yeah. Being busy then, doesn't equal being productive. Yes. Uh, no matter what strange companies try to tell you. Also, if you read or if you've already read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, uh, be aware that you know some principles <laughs> may be a little manipulative and can be used in a, a very immoral sense. Just be aware of that. Don't use them for bad things, obviously. Don't try to mm. manipulate people um, for your own interest and you know just use them. Other than that, yeah, yeah, don't freak out if moon if the moon disappears or two are suddenly there. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, and one one last important one maybe that be okay with being more vulnerable around people yes, you care about. Yes. You know, it's important for me. I think that's my. That's actually the most important takeaway from this episode. I think. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. Then let's wrap it up. Um, it's been a fun episode. I really enjoyed it. Very deep discussions. I want, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to having more of those. Um, other than that, leave a like, subscribe. You know the typical yada yada, blah blah. <laughs> um, other than that, um, ten more push-ups, ten more window swipes, God. and have a nice week, guys. See you again next week. Bye bye.